0: Thank you for listening to the weekly message from Trinity of Fairview. Here's Pastor Stacy Harris. You've got a copy of the Word. Open it up to the book of Colossians, chapter 1. We're going to look at three verses today, verses 15, 16, and 17. We'll read them in your hearing. Paul, in this little epistle to the Colossian church, expounds clearly on the supremacy of the Lord Jesus Christ. He puts him up high, holy, holy the only begotten Son of God. Chapter 1 particularly covers the heart of what we call the theological discipline of Christology or our doctrine of Jesus Christ. And that's of particular interest to us, especially at this time of the year. It's a good thing that we look at what the, who the person of Christ is and just what the work of Jesus Christ accomplished on this planet. We've already seen some some dynamic things from the pen of Paul under this theme of Jesus Christ supreme and above all. We've already seen that Christ is above all in the Christian. He ought to be above all in our hearts, unrivaled, undebatable. He ought to be the supreme thing in our heart and in our life. We've seen that Christ needs to be above all in the hope of the Christian. I'm glad today that I have a lively hope. Not a dead hope, but a lively hope. Hope doesn't mean wishful thinking. Hope means an absolute expectancy. It means you stand right there and just watch and see if God doesn't do it. That's what hope means. It means I absolutely, earnestly expect that this should come about. And when the world looks at the children of God, they ought to see in their hearts and in their lives that Jesus Christ is preeminent, supreme, and above all. I pray that they would see it in my life. Today I want to talk about this thought a little bit. I want to talk about Christ above all. In creation, Christ above all, in creation. Let's read these verses together, and then the time we have, we'll buckle our seatbelts. Let's we'll see if God won't teach us something from these verses today. Speaking of Jesus Christ in Colossians 1:15, Paul writes, under the Spirit's leadership, who? That means Jesus. Jesus could well read it that way. Jesus is the image of the invisible. God, He is the firstborn of every creature. For by Him, verse 16, were, how many things? Say it out loud with me. All things made. By Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Him and for Him. Verse 17, and he is before, how many things? All things, and by him all things consist. I want to show you two main thoughts from this passage today, and I'm going to focus on the second one. In relationship to creation, the world around us, all we can see and all the things we cannot see, all the principalities, the powers and dominions, that's the way he clearly defines what he's talking about when he says all things. Men in relationship to Jesus Christ, we need to understand what role he plays in this universe. The first thing that's clearly stated in verse 15, we have a powerful statement of the person of Jesus Christ in relation to creation. The Word tells us that He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. A powerful statement says He is the image. That means this. That means He's the exact and absolute likeness of God Himself. The Son is the express image of the Father, both in appearance and in essence. He is absolutely the image of the Heavenly Father. What does that mean? That means that all that the Father is, Jesus is. That means He's powerful, He's perfect, He's holy, He's pure, He's righteous, He's eternal He's the firstborn of every creature everywhere That means He's there with the Father before creation began I wrote it this way God the Father and Jesus are the absolute same The identical in all ways is what He's saying I remember I used to work at the the drugstore Now picture taking a lot of things haven't changed, but a lot of things have. Picture-taking is one of those things that has changed immensely just in the last handful of years. I can remember not long ago, I worked at the drugstore. You can, how many of y'all can even tell, tell me that you know what a roll of film actually looks like? How many of y'all, y'all remember those? And you used to have to get a roll of film out and try to load it in your camera and pinch your fingers off while you was trying to get it to load. And then it wouldn't load. You couldn't get it to wind. You had to try it again. I mean, it was a frustrating undertaking just to take a few pictures. And, man, once you took them and you got to the end of the roll, you rewound it. And what would you do with it? You threw it in the top drawer of your dresser. And then three years later, you discovered it. And you said, I wonder what those pictures are. And so you'd take it down to the drugstore to somebody like me. And you'd fill out a little envelope. And you'd put those those rolls in that envelope. And you'd hand it to me. And maybe in a week's time, they'd come back. And you'd come to the store. And you'd pull your pictures out. And in great, great amazement and discovery, you'd see what you took some pictures of. You'd see whether they were good or whether they were bad. I remember when we started three-day service. That boggled my mind. I thought, you mean tell me somebody bring a film in here and and three days later we're going to send it, process it, print it, get it back here, and all that's going to be managed. Then we went to one day. Oh, my, overnight. Think of that. Get your pictures overnight. Take them one day and actually get to see them the very next day. Well, beloved, that's ancient. Now, what can you do? Everybody in here could whip their camera, their phone out right now and take as many pictures as they want. They could look at them immediately. They could answer. Analyze them, whether they were good or bad. You could post them, Instagramming from the from the sanctuary if you're so led. I guess you could could do that in here. Man alive, what a thought! I'll tell you one thing about picture taking that hasn't changed. I remember people would come in and they'd get their envelopes with great anticipation. They'd open them up and they'd look at them and they'd always make a comment something like this: "Boy, that's a terrible picture. That looks absolutely nothing like me." I mean, y'all, uh, hey, it's a picture of you for heaven's sake! I think how can it not look a little bit like? It looks nothing like you. It's you for heaven's sakes. It's a picture of you, man. That's what Paul is saying here. If you want to know what the invisible God looks like. If you want to know what that which you can't see looks like, look at that which you can see. Look at the Lord Jesus Christ and what you'll understand is that He is the express image of God in every way, every shape, in every form. If you want to know the Father, you get to know the Lord Jesus Christ and beloved you will know Him implicitly. He looks just like His Father. Why? Because in essence and in reality He is His Father. He's of the same makeup, uh, the same substance. He is God in every hand's turn. Man, there's always been a a great debate in history and, and theologians that are smarter than I begin to debate on the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and who He is. Is He fully divine? If so, when did He receive this divinity? Well, let me tell you, Paul, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, clears that up for us right here in a very quick and succinct way. He says, essentially, Jesus is divine. He's the express image of the Father. Yea, He is of the same substance of the Father. Fully divine, always eternal, always was with Him, always shall be with Him. Anywhere you find God, there you'll find the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because He is God. The person that sits at the throne of this universe is none other than Jesus Christ of Nazareth. They were always together, He and the Father. They're there together now along with the Holy Spirit. And beloved, they'll always be together where? Above all things in this universe. Not only the person of Christ in creation. I want to consider with you and some, take some time to consider what I call the particulars of Christ in creation. I want you to consider with me for what I call all statements in verses 16 and 17. Over and over again, he uses the word all. For by him were all things created. All things were created by him and for him. He is before how many things? I made you read it with me. All things. And by him, how many things. All things consist. I did a little study. They teach you in, in hermeneutics class. Anytime a word's repeated that many times, you figure out what it means in the Scripture because it's important. So I did a little study on this word all. I came to find that it meant something. You know what it means? It means all. That's exactly what she means. I mean, it's not a qualification of it. It's not a fraction of it. I'll tell you what it means. It means absolutely all. That's what it means. I was privileged to go on a men's golf retreat with 23 of the best fellows you've ever known I made 24 We had the time of our lives Fellowshiping with one another Frustrated with one another We ate a lot alongside one another The Lord brought us a great word together One night when we were eating And uh, some some time we spent honoring Him And and letting our defenses down And just being the the children of God That He calls us to be One thing stands out in my mind We were eating that night I had uh, honey, close your ears I had some of the best shrimp and grits I've ever had in my life At this particular seafood restaurant, which is her favorite Honey, I only ate it because I was thinking of you the whole time I knew that would have you on my heart and in my mind As I was eating the shrimp and grits I noticed they had very prominently on the table On one of those little triangular stands that stands in the middle of the table They had all the desserts of the night listed One caught my eye It was Charleston key lime pie I said, Hallelujah Glory to God, I started thinking about that. And I thought, boy, I'd like to have a piece of Charleston key lime pie. I've had Asheville key lime pie. We might as well try Charleston just for comparison's sake. I thought that might be a, a good move. Man, I asked the lady about it. I said, tell me about your key lime pie, and this big smile came on her face. She said, you'll just, you'll just regret it if you don't get a piece of it. Whether she was selling me or not, I don't care. I ordered a piece of it. Man, the guy brought it out. He was very proud of it. He said, look at the color of that key lime pie. He brought it out. It was on that plate. It was was not green. He said, if anybody ever brings you key lime pie that's green, don't eat it because it's not key lime pie. That's the real color of a key lime pie. We made those homemade out of key limes in the back. It was on a graham cracker crust, beloved. It had homemade whipped cream out to the side of it. And all along the top of it, it had powdered sugar even spattered on that plate. You know how much of that piece of key lime pie I ate? All of it, beloved. I ate it all. That was my intention. I had my fork pressing the graham cracker crumbs. I mean, hey, I was over there scraping them around the plate trying to... If I hadn't have been in a public place, hallelujah, with my brothers, I'd have licked a plate. y'all I mean, oh, hey? I would have done it. Why? Because I wanted it all, beloved. I didn't want one bit of it left. When we talk about these statements, you need to have in mind he's not talking about a partial piece or a, or a little piece or, or some fraction of all. He's talking about all means all. In everything in the world, four statements about Jesus and his relation to creation. First of all, we learn that all things are by Him. Verse sixteen says this: "By Him were how many things? All things created." And he goes on to explain what those things are: things that are visible, things that we can see with our eyes, sense, encounter; things that are invisible, things we can't see, haven't even thought of that exists out there that we don't even know about he's talking about things that are not only created trees and great he's talking about operational and authoritative things thrones dominions principalities and powers that exist in realms that we don't even know exist he's saying let me tell you how many things in this universe Jesus Christ is responsible for he's responsible for every one of them he says all things are by him It means what we can see it means what we can't see it means that Jesus is the origin of everything Period You know the skill of an artist to me Is betrayed by his work When you begin to look at the work of an artist You can tell just how talented he really is I remember on one occasion My wife and my girls and I Were at an art museum You say you do that I said, yeah man It'll impact you It doesn't hurt you From western North Carolina And Fairview And the back hall or dial Flame to have a little culture in your life Every now and then It's not a bad thing We ended up at this art museum, just loved it, walking around, encountering those ancient things, those ceramics, Uh, man, impressionism, abstracts. And by the way, if I have any artistic flair at all, it must be abstract, because anything I ever tried to draw, even I couldn't tell you what it was. So it has to be a little abstract. I remember walking around the corner in this big, giant museum, meandering in and out of these halls, and and I ran into a, a giant A giant work of art. I can't even call it a painting, although I know that's what it was. But it was a giant work of art. I dare say it was, if you put it there, it'd 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 fill that wall up pretty good. And I walked around the corner, and there I was, headlong with it, man. And it was a, a lady sitting on a rock in the middle of the most beautiful garden you've ever seen. I'm talking about buds of flowers and vines running, a little stream running in front of her. Her dress was absolutely perfect. I expected that if I stood there long enough, I'd see her breathe. It looked like you could almost walk from where I was right into the place that she was without any hesitation or barrier between you and her. And I thought, what kind of skill level, what kind of talent and what kind of ability does it take to be able to produce something like that with your very own hands? Man, I knew that wasn't their first rodeo, I'll just tell you that. They had skill, but they honed it, and, man, they sharpened it, and stuff like that's so what came out of their of their talents and their abilities. It just enthralled me. I began to ask the little lady who worked there a little bit about the painting and the artist, and she told me more things than my mind could ever even imagine, most of which I was so ignorant of, I didn't know what she was saying anyhow. I was just shaking my head as she was talking to be agreeable with her. I asked the artist's name it was no one I'd ever heard of but I'm gonna tell you one thing I was sure of whoever he was and however long ago he lived he was a master at what he did and I'm gonna tell you when you walk out into this world today and you look around at the birds of the air and when you find yourself at the ocean and you see the tides coming in and out in the magnificent colors and when you look at the array of sand on the beach And when you make your way back up through those plains and you see these mountains rising up to the heavens and when spring begins to to burst forth and you see the buds begin to bloom and, and man, everything come to life afresh and anew and the colors upon colors upon colors upon colors. Man, the thought that should leap to your mind is is what kind of master craftsman laid the groundwork and fashioned the things which I exist in. Even when you look at yourself in the mirror and when you look at your hands, hands and your skin, man, the thought that ought to leap to your mind is what the Word tells us. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And when we begin to consider where we came from and how this happened, it cannot be the result of some accident in history. It has to be the result of some master artist, uh, the best of his kind at his handiwork. Yea, the only of his kind. This is not some unknown artist. This is not some dead artist, yea, he was dead but now he is alive, this is a a product of the majesty and the genius of none other than the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth when you look around you and the word tells us today that all things are by him they flowed forth from his creative genius in ways we cannot, yea, I wonder if we will ever Understand What kind of creative power does it take To speak into nothing With nothing in your hand And all of this Appear How did it happen It came by way of of Jesus Christ Don't you ever mistake it The word says All things are are by him. Secondly, it teaches us that all things are for him. If you're not careful, you'll read through verse 16 and you'll miss the last three words. In the King James, what are they? They say, man, all things were created by him. He reiterates that. And then he adds these three words. What does he say? And for him. And you see, scientists today will tell you, and they tell you with great smiles on their faces, very proud of their results. They tell you this, that, that one of these days, all that we know and all that we see will just pass into oblivion. They tell you that as if they're happy about it in some respect, and, and you should take some great joy in the fact that this old world is just going to pass away. They'll tell you it may be by some catastrophic volcano that erupts in some part of the world and, and almost instantaneously it, it'll come to an end. They'll tell you if that doesn't happen and, and billions and billions of years past, that, that all the energy she needs to, to sustain life will eventually just run out and, and we will pass like the rest of this universe into oblivion and usefulness and life as we know it will mean nothing. And you have crowds upon crowds who seem to be very happy about this revelation Let me ask you this morning, does that encourage anybody in this room? I mean, my heaven's an intelligent human being. Why would you smile and say, well, hallelujah, thank you for your findings. We love you and thank you for being, being truthful enough to tell us where we're headed. I mean, if that's true, that means everything I've ever undertaken, every breath I've ever drawn, yea, every moment of history, all of our struggles, all of our victories, all of our losses, all of the lessons that we've learned, all of the things that we know, all of the experiences we had. You know what, if that's true, what that means, they sum up to absolutely zero. They're for nothing and for naught, if all that's true. But you see, the eye of faith looks at the word of the living God and understands implicitly the truth of what is said right here. He's saying, man, God did everything that you see around you. God, yea, even created you and put you on this earth. Yea, God even set up principalities and powers, things that are visible and things that are invisible. And he did them for one reason and for one reason only. And that reason was none other than the glorification and the honor and the praise of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You see, there is a point to life. There is a point to your struggles. There is a point to your victories. There is a point to your learning. There is a point to your knowledge. There is a reason that you get up in the morning with some kind of hope and anticipation. And that reason isn't you. You, beloved, That reason isn't me That reason is Jesus Christ of Nazareth The only begotten son of the living God The word says that everything here is about him And we say that very glibly And I wonder if we know and understand what that means How many of y'all really believe it is about Jesus Christ? All of it is beloved Not some of it Not a minute of it Or an hour of it Or 10,000 years of it Yea, every ounce of this Is about Jesus Christ of Nazareth the word said all things were created by him and yea all things were created for him man alive thirdly he tells us all things are after him look in verse 17 he says he is before how many things you know what that simply means that means he was first in western North Carolina vernacular that means he was first and isn't first what we all want to be I mean, that's what we strive to be, isn't it? We all want to be first. Went and played some golf this weekend, split up into teams, played captain's choice. We didn't turn our scores in or anything, but everybody would ask around, what would y'all shoot today? What would y'all shoot today? They'd say, oh, that's good, but in their heart, they were hoping they beat you so they could go, yeah, (laughs) we beat them. Did we win anything? No, just the satisfaction that we beat them today. Do we know if somebody cheated? No, just the satisfaction. We don't care as long as we got a lower number than they did. Man, we're competitive that way. We want to be first. That's why sports, that's why March Madness is March Madness. Man, you pick your team and hope they can win. We want to be first in our experiences. Let me tell you, if you don't think this is true from the very day you're born, you get you about 30 kids together, and you just ask this question, who wants to be first? And you watch what happens. They don't even have to know what you're asking them to be first for. And you just say, hey, who wants to be first? They'll all go, hey, me, I'd like to be first right here. Look at me. They don't even know what they're volunteering for. They just want to be first, bless God. You say, well, as mature adults and mature Christians, we've, we've gotten above that. I wish we had. wish I had. We heading down the other day, stopped at Bojangles to get a biscuit and a sweet iced tea for the road, and and we pulled in the parking lot, thought we'd stretch our legs a minute and go in. As soon as we got out and started walking toward the door, a bus pulled in, a big old sports team started piling off that bus. All the same uniform, all the same shirt. Man, there was three of us. We looked at each other and started to run. <laughs> we realized we weren't going to beat them. You know what we did? We looked at each other in unison, said two words. You know what we said? Drive through. How I many of y'all hear what I'm saying? We're not be right behind that bunch, bless God. We got in this parking lot first. We parked first. We were out of our car first. And they whip in the bus and cut in front of Not on my watch, bless God. We'll be first. I mean, hey, we're going to get our biscuit before they ever do. I'll tell you that. We got our biscuit and tea and smiled as we were heading down the road proud of ourselves. Because some kids were still waiting in line. We didn't have to. Up there. I'm going to tell you, sometimes you think you're first. You think you're the first that thought of it. You think you're the first that did it. You think you're the first that discovered it. Let me tell you, you're not. He's first. He's first in how many things? He's first in all things, beloved. You say, well, I discovered this new, new, new truth. No, you didn't. The truth's always been here. Didn't Jesus save himself? I am the way, what? The truth and the life. You just, got, you just caught up, so you did. Jesus was already here first. And let me tell you, there are people in this world who think I'm at the pinnacle, I'm at the top, I am first. Well, beloved, let me tell you, wherever you go, whatever you see, he was already there, beloved. He's first in all things. Word says he was before all things Particularly talking about his uh, Eternal, eternal in, infinity in the past You can go back as far As you want to go in history Yea to the end of history and beyond Keep on going Go as far as you want to go And look around and say the name of Jesus And you know what he'll say I've been waiting on you to get here Because he was there Already He's first, he's before All things, everything, all things are after him. Last and in closing, all things are dependent on him. Look at verse 17b. And by him, all things what? Consist. By him, all things consist. That means everything. Visible, invisible, things we see, things we don't see. Principalities, powers, dominions, authorities, and thrones. They all depend upon him. I did my taxes not too long ago. Got a little disturbed by them. Found out that my state taxes were double Last year, this is not a political commercial. I'm just saying, what happened? How many of y'all, I mean, did y'all, I'm like, heavens, did I mess up? What did I do? Went back and did it like 10 times. No, I didn't mess up. They just doubled. I'm just here to tell you. You know what I thought? Man, I need a few more dependents. How many of y'all, hey, I thought that might be good. Maybe I had 30, Tammy, saying no. I like that. That's good. Not for a tax break, baby, in any way, shape, or form. What does the word dependent mean? It means that somebody completely trusts you for their everything. When somebody's your dependent, that means they're counting on you for their place to live. They're counting on you for their money. They're counting on you for their food to eat. They're counting on you for the car. They're counting on you for the gas that goes in it. They're counting on you for the movie money on Thursday. They're counting on you for everything. Their clothes on their back, everything. They have no means to get it themselves, so they're absolutely dependent on you. And when the word says that by him all things consist, you know what it means? It means today we're paupers. We have nothing, we own nothing, and we are nothing. And everything in our lives depends completely upon the good hand of an almighty God. Didn't he say it's me that makes the rain fall on the just and on the unjust? I'm the one that does that. It's him that provides our every breath that we take. Even the evil king didn't he say this very night You've had your last breath man Your very life depends upon me It's in my hand whether you breathe again or not That to me says listen All this is functioning uh, Based on trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ It all depends completely upon him The word consists means he holds all things together That means everything operates because of him That means everything functions because of him Beloved he is the glue that holds this whole scenario together Have you ever said that about anybody Body or anything in your family, well, there's the glue that holds our family. Well, let me tell you, there's the glue that holds this universe together. His name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He's the one that keeps the sun coming up in the morning, and he's the one that keeps the tides rolling in and out. He's the one that makes the ocean's temperatures just what they need to be so they'll circulate in this planet. He's the one, beloved, that hung the moon and the stars in their place. He's the one today, beloved, that we depend upon for our very existence moment to moment, millisecond to millisecond, millisecond it all depends upon jesus christ of nazareth he says man all things are dependent upon him he's the source he's the glue he's the gear it all consists because of and by the lord jesus christ of nazareth this universe is utterly dependent on him let me ask you a question what have you how many of us live our lives Trying to be the glue for ourselves. Pastor, I'm trying to hold it all together. Let me let you in on something you can't hold it together. Only Jesus can. Pastor, I'm trying to make this work the best way I can. Let me tell you something I've discovered. I can't make it work. Only Jesus can make it work. Whatever you're facing today, only He's going to make it work. Pastor, I just can't get things in my life in sync and and in order. Let me tell you, you never will. All you can do is depend utterly on the Lord Jesus Christ and say, Father, if it's going to work right, I'm depending on you completely. That's what prayer is, is running to the feet of the one you can depend on in moments that you can't depend on anything else. And you come to yourself and say, those are every moment. So I'm going to learn to pray without ceasing because I'm trusting in the one who's very dependable and greatly faithful in every realm and every form. And I tell you, it's all on him today. You say, Pastor, when you read the headlines, does it worry you? No. You know why? Because it all depends upon Jesus. You worried about ISIS over there in the Middle East? Well, it does concern me, but I'm here to tell you I'm not worried about it. Why? Because it all depends on the Lord Jesus Christ. He operates this everything. What of your life? Are you trusting Him? Are you looking after Him? You say, Pastor, you hadn't said anything about creation or theories or evolution or anything like that. You hadn't talked about young earth, old earth, six day creation theory, day age theory, all these things that are out there that tell us how this world came into being. You haven't debated any of that. You haven't told us what of that, what's right, and what's wrong. You know, why on purpose? Because that's not the point of this passage at all. The point of this passage is that you understand that there's one who sits above all of creation and all of this universe. And his name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We hope you've been blessed by today's message. If you'd like to find out more about Trinity of Fairview, Visit us online at trinityoffairview.org or call 828-628-1188.